Hello, everyone, and welcome to the L2 Sports NHL Trade Deadline Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Cretelli, and before we get started, I just want to announce that my co-host, Luca Moya, will not be joining me on today's episode. Um, so, Luca, this one's for you. It's just me, everybody. So let's get right into it. Don't want to waste any time here. The NHL trade deadline took place on Monday, April 12th. And what a trade deadline it is. Some some unexpected trades, some trades we really expected to, to happen. So let's get right into it. These are some of the trades that caught my eye. And uh, hopefully I can break them down as best as I can from my perspective, obviously. And we need to start with the home team here. I'm not going to be biased, maybe a little bit, but... We're going to start with the Toronto Maple Leafs. They made a big splash at the deadline, not only at on Monday, but prior to the NHL trade deadline. First, they acquired centerman Nick Foligno from the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for a 2021 first and a 2022 fourth round pick, as well as Columbus will retain 50% of Foligno's salary. Also in that deal, the San Jose Sharks sent Stefan Nosen to the Buds in exchange for a 2021 fourth rounder, as well as San Jose, listen to this, will retain an additional 25% of Felino's salary. So essentially, the Leafs are only paying 25% of Felino's $5.5 million deal for the rest of the year as he becomes a UFA at the end of this season. As well, they added goaltender David Riddick from the Calgary Flames in exchange for a third rounder in 2022 and as well Calgary retaining 50% of his salary uh they added some defense uh defender depth in Ben Hutton from the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for a 2022 fifth and they added Riley Nash a couple days before the deadline as well we all know that we won't see the uh the guys coming from the US based teams because of the COVID restrictions, they got to go through a week of quarantine. So we still have a week before we get the first look at all these guys in blue and white. David Riddick playing right now uh, for the Buds, which is crazy, playing against his former team in Calgary. So let's dive right in. Let's break it down. First of all, Nick Foligno. Wow. Unexpected trade because I really thought that Kyle Dubas was going to try to bolster maybe a top spot in his four. Uh, of his forwards, maybe first line, second line, maybe add some uh, more scoring onto that second line with John Tavares and William Nylander. But he opted to go with more of a bottom six approach in Nick Foligno. And I'm not saying that uh, Nick Foligno is only going to be relegated to a third line, fourth line position, maybe a healthy scratch here and there. He can play up and down your lineup, depending on how things going, maybe like how Joel Thornton has been. He's played with Matthews a bunch. He's played on that third line. He's played on the fourth line. That's what Nick Foligno is going to do on this Toronto Maple Leafs team. And it's just another veteran leadership presence in that room. You have a bunch of young, talented guys on this team, and we know what, what happens in the playoffs in the playoffs with this team, they get, they get frustrated. They get, especially Columbus and Nick Foligno's former team. They rattled them. They took them to five games in that playoff qualifier and they really played defensive. They were playing stingy and it really got under the skin of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And again, you could say that ultimately led to the demise or one of the reasons that led to the demise of the Toronto Maple Leafs last season in the playoffs. So if anyone knows the game plan on how to beat the Leafs, it's Nick Foligno. So maybe he can use that, uh, to help motivate your team, maybe 
fix a few things, try to be that presence in the dressing room. Be like, guys, let's not get frustrated here. Let's stay our course. Let's play our game and just be that top level guy. He's a former captain. You have a former captain in, in Joe Thorne. You have a former captain in Jason Spezza as well, as long as you're with your current captain, John Tavares. So the leadership group right now on this team is very, very experienced. So I love that move by Kyle, Kyle Dubas. Also talking about Stefan Nosen, just adding more depth to the to the to that decor. Uh, you can pull out guys in and out of your lineup, maybe for some rest as uh, you get to maybe the final 10 games of the season. You want to pull out Muzzin. You want to pull out Riley, maybe Brody. He the, Those guys log heavy minutes. Maybe Bogosian, you want to save him for the playoffs. Just more chess pieces for Sheldon Keefe to use. Now, moving on to the pretty much the biggest storyline of this Toronto Maple Leaf season, and that has to be with the goaltenders. We all know Freddie Anderson got off to a horrible start. He wasn't playing for what – he's not playing what Leaf fans are really used to Freddie Anderson being like. And lucky for the Leafs, they found a savior in Jack Campbell who just came back from injury and went on this tremendous run, 11-game win streak uh, for him setting a a Toronto Maple Leafs record. So that has really upped the confidence level of the Leafs. I know what happened last night. Um, uh, He got his first loss (laughs) of the the season. He's 11-1. and He's only played 12 games. And... I'm pretty sure that he's still not a hundred percent Jack Campbell. So adding David Riddick, uh, another solid goaltender, he's not going to be your starter every night, but let's throw back again to last year in the bubble. You saw what happened to the Colorado avalanche. They lost two of their starting goaltenders and who did they have to rely on? Michael Hutcherson, who now I guess drops down to the fourth string goalie. If Freddie comes back for the playoffs. Um, So, you really have three. If Freddie can get healthy for the playoffs, uh, you're going to have three capable goaltenders. If uh, anything happens to them, you have Jack Campbell, you have Freddie Anderson, as well as David Riddick, all capable goaltenders. So again, love the move by GM Kyle Dubas, really getting into that need. And I want to, before we get into more of the trades, I just want to touch on, do we think that Jack Campbell can be a starting goalie in this in this league. In my opinion, I'm still iffy about it. He's only played 11, 12 game, 12 games this season. He's gone 11 and one, and you could see all the hype around him. And people are saying, is this it for Freddie? Is Freddie gone next year? See, I would really, cause he's a free agent, uh, Freddie Anderson next season. So I, maybe with this injury and his, uh, his lack of playing time, if he doesn't get in the playoffs and maybe shows up and has a miraculous run in the playoffs, uh, the Leafs could sign him to a, a lower amount of money. If, uh, barring if another team is going to sign him to maybe a Jacob Markstrom type of contract, the Leafs still have a potential to keep Freddie Anderson on the team and keep the tandem of Jack Campbell and, and Freddie Anderson. Right now, if I was head coach Sheldon Keefe, I would just keep rolling with Jack Campbell. You see the confidence he brings to this team um, every single night. Uh, you see him in the interviews. He's an absolute beauty. He he says all the right things. He's a funny guy. He, the guys love him in the dressing room. So if I'm Sheldon Keefe, you roll with him until something happens. Injury, not playing well, not playing the way you you expect Jack Campbell to play. And then you're, you might have to go to David Riddick or if Freddie comes back 
you go with Freddie again because and I don't think Jack Campbell's on a short leash either. I really don't think he's on a short leash. If he has two bad games, you're not going to pull him right out of the net and say, now it's not your job anymore to be the starting goaltender. No, this guy's gone on such a great run. Is it all hype? I don't know. We still have a long way to go. And if Jack Campbell can, can continue his play, I, I the Leafs have a great chance to win at least two series uh, coming up in the playoffs. Next, we have Ben Hutton. More, again, just defensive depth. Uh, for for the Sheldon Keith, he's a fifth fifth sixth type of guy in and out of your lineup. Again, if you want to rest the top guy like Riley Brody Muzzin, Ben Hutton's your guy. He's he's a solid defenseman. I know his numbers right now: one goal, four assists. He's minus thirteen, but he's playing on Anaheim uh, for the whole season, so you can't really expect him to to be having a great season right now if you're playing on a team like Anaheim. And as well as Riley Nash, just another depth piece center penalty kill. He can win you face-offs. He, he's a capable player. He's played on some great teams. He's played on Boston. He's played on uh, the hard-hitting Columbus. So again, just really knows how to play that tough game that the Leafs, I guess, have adopted this season. So good moves by Sheldon Keefe. I am pleased and I can't wait to see these guys in the blue and white uh, and see how they mesh with the with the guys on the team. Another thing I wanted to, to touch on, if uh, you're a Leaf fan, Yes, we gave up a lot of draft picks, fourth round, first round. And you guys say, why did Kyle Dubas get rid of our future? Right now, uh, the my, junior hockey, let's say, not minor hockey, um, is in kind of a weird stage right now. Uh, scouts teams are not really getting great looks at, at these kids because they can't play due to, due to COVID-19. So is it really, you don't really know what's going to happen uh, with the drafts in the coming years, especially next uh, this year's draft and next year's draft, because you have a lack of a lack of them playing. You don't really get to see how they how they do in a game and who you're going to draft. So I guess knowing that and and just in that situation, you just you're you're more uh, what's the word you want to you're more willing to get rid of these draft picks easier than if, again, junior hockey was still playing. And the Leafs still have some top talent in the minors. They got Nick Robertson. He played last night. Uh, Rasmus Sandin, Timothy Lilligren. Those guys are your are your future as well. And your future is now Matthews, Marner, Hyman, Nylander. You still have these guys for a long period of time. So if you don't have draft picks for the next two years, you're, you're still okay because your team's still going to look the same in the coming years. So let's move on. Another trade that I guess a lot of people were expecting that Taylor Hall was going to get dealt and good for the Boston Bruins, just such a Boston Bruin trade. And I'm sure Luca would say the same thing, adding Taylor Hall at the start of the year when he went to uh, Buffalo, pardon me, everybody thought it was going to be uh the turnaround in Buffalo. You finally gave Jack Eichel somebody to play with in Taylor Hall. Nope. Didn't work out. Buffalo's had a horrendous season. And Taylor Hall as well. Two goals. He Yes, he has 17 assists. But still, just not a great season for him. And now he goes to Boston. And the reason why I like this and the reason why I like him in Boston, look, he was drafted first overall by Edmonton. He was dubbed as their top guy. You look to Taylor Hall to be the top guy there. Didn't work out. Then he moves to New Jersey. He's their top guy there. He wins an MVP and he had a great season. Not going to take that away from him. 
but in the next season, he really didn't want to be there and wasn't really playing up to the MVP level that he played last year. So they traded him to Phoenix and again, became that top guy on that team, Phoenix, Arizona, pardon me. He became the top guy on that team. Didn't work out in Arizona. He signs with Buffalo. And again, he is looked to be the number one, number two guy on that team and hasn't got it done. So is Taylor Hall a secondary player? I think he is. You go to Boston, you already have arguably the best line in hockey in David Pasternak, Patrice Bergeron, and Brad Marchand to bolster the load of all the scoring. And then if you fly under the radar as Taylor Hall playing on a second line. And who's your sentiment? David Krejci, who is a capable player still at his age and is a proven playoff performer. Boston is still fighting. Uh, that's a hard division. They're still fighting. Uh, anything could happen in these uh, last couple weeks of the season. They're still fighting to get into that, to their playoff spots. I think they're in a playoff spot right now, but Still, adding Taylor Hall, they had injuries to Tuka Rask. Uh, Halak has tried to bolster the load uh, a lot. So adding more scoring, Taylor Hall, great move for Boston. As Luca would say, just another great Boston trade, a Boston-type trade as well. The third and final trade that really blew my mind, and I don't know what – we'll get Luca's opinion probably next week about this trade. Anthony Mantha and – I know Luca is very high on Anthony Manta. I just want to say a quick story. Last year in, I have a, a, a NHL fantasy draft uh, with a couple of my uh, my buddies from my old hockey team, and I was asking Luca like, who should I take? What like what's the strategy here? What what like what's a sleeper type of pick? The first guy out of his mouth was Anthony Manta, and he said, "Watch, nobody is going to take him," and you're going to get him on your team and he's going to have a great season for you. What did I do with the last pick in the draft? I took Anthony Manta, excuse me, before he got injured, before he got injured last season was having an impeccable year. Uh, even though he played on Detroit, he was still scoring and one of the top guys on that team. Now he's traded to Washington. And this is what boggled my mind. Cause it was late in the deadline on the deadline day. It was way past three o'clock. Uh, Washington Capitals acquire Anthony Mantha for Richard Ponick, Jacob Vrana, a 2021 first and a 2021 second. Wow. When I saw that trade, I was like, is that too much just for one guy, Anthony Mantha? One player. And Washington gives up all of those, all of those guys. Is Anthony Mantha a proven player? I don't know about that. Is he, we're, we're checking up his stats right here. It's just, it, it, I think it's too much. You, good on the Detroit Red Wings and, and uh, Stevie Eiserman there and acquiring, and acquiring a 2021 first, 2021 second, Richard Ponick and an up-and-comer and Jacob Rana, who's a, a very skilled player, always like Jacob Rana, was an integral part of the Capitals' um, Stanley Cup win. So good on them, but I think it's too much to give up for just Anthony Manta. They also added Michael Raffle as well from the Philadelphia Flyers. So that a great trade for them as well. But again, Anthony Manta, 11 goals, 10 assists. It's just, is he going to be that uh, that type of guy? Maybe he is because you still have Oshie, Backstrom, Ovechkin on that team, Tom Wilson, 
now you add Anthony Manta, Washington. I'm not arguing that that it's a great trade. Like he's going to be an impact player on that team, but I just think they gave up way too much for him uh, in that trade. Like two, you gave up two, your first and your second in this year's draft. Plus a, a a very young, talented guy in Jacob Rana, Richard Ponick. Yes, he he's a journeyman. He's been on all sorts of teams. So, but Anthony Manta, good on him. He's going to a good team, a Stanley Cup contender. And uh, I've always liked Anthony Manta. I took him in this year's draft too, but uh, he hasn't panned out <laughs> so much for me this year. So we're going to wrap up the show here. Just give a little bit more of what happened at the trade deadline. Some of the uh, other trades. That actually went on. Sam Bennett heading to the Florida Panthers. Florida Panthers really doing great this season. Uh, they're 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 turn they've turned things around. I've liked them all this year. If you listen to our halfway point of of the NHL season just a couple episodes ago, I said Florida is a team to watch out for. Uh, they have dropped off. They're in third place in the Central Division, but adding Sam Bennett, just a, a meat and potatoes guy, uh, you give up a a second round pick for him. And plus, plus a, a prospect. So nothing much there. Florida Panthers, great trade for them. Uh, what else do we got here? What else? Oh, Jeff Carter. Yes, Jeff Carter heading to the Penguins. Just, <laughs> again, Penguin-type trade, just adding another veteran. Uh, very, very skilled Jeff Carter. He still got it even in his, uh, in his uh, older days as an NHL player. But just a great trade for the Pittsburgh Penguins as well. I, I, I agreed with a lot of these trades at the deadline. Braden Colburn heading to, to the Islanders, bolstering that back end for them. Mike Riley to the Boston Bruins from Ottawa as well. Ottawa getting rid of a lot of their a lot of their or their veteran guys for picks and stuff because they're still in a rebuild. So good on them. But just overall. Good trades. And then the Colorado Avalanche, as I, I spoke on before, they had some goalie troubles last season. So they really uh, locked that up, adding Devin Dubnik from the San Jose Sharks. They're a Stanley Cup contender, those Avalanche. So they need to, to have reassur- reassurances uh, come playoff time. So Devin Dubnik, capable goaltender as well. So very good on them. Islanders adding some Kyle Palmieri, Travis Zajac. Just more scoring to that team. They went to the to the Eastern Conference Final last year, so watch out for them. And yeah, trade deadline day. Trade deadline day. Such a fun day uh, in the NHL. I always love paying attention to trade deadline day. I had it on the radio at work <laughs> the whole time, um, so it was it was a good it was it was good it was fun fun episode by myself. Um, obviously, it's better with Luca with Luca here but I wanted to try it out so that's the NHL trade deadline reaction from Lucas Cretelli so thank you all for listening and we will see you next week thank you for tuning in and I'll see you next time have a good rest of the week